Welcome back, Brilliant Family. We love that you are joining us today. Happy September 1st. I'm Liesl Weber, and on behalf of Team Brilliant, we hope that this is a place where you feel reminded of the fullness that is yours in Christ. We also want to invite you to hop on our online live events that happen about once a month. Check out our main platform, brillianttv.com. And of course, go follow Graham Cook on all our social media platforms. Well, we are in a new month and that means a new theme. So for the month of September, we're going to be tapping into what we believe as a team is one of the most pivotal fruit of the spirit, and that is self-control. Now, I don't know about you, but I never used to see self-control as a positive topic. (laughs) Those are never fun sermons, right? It always has had this kind of negative connotation or really just reminded me of moments where I had failed or messed up. But what if self-control isn't about highlighting my moments of weakness, but rather shining light on moments where I have the most authority? When I activate self-control as my superpower, time slows down, just like in the movies, and I actually get to pause and take the power back. I don't have to be swept away by the person, problem, or issue around me. Let's listen to the way that Graham breaks this down, especially in the analogy God gave him in a dream one night as we discuss unlocking the power of self-control. Self-control normalizes our heart. It allows us space for his perspective to become ours. I adore the breathing space that self-control gives me. It's the space to gather myself, to think, to rejoice, to refocus, and to realign. I don't want to align myself with my circumstances, but with who God is for me. Self-control is like having the Holy Spirit come up from behind, wrap his arms around you, and gently say, be still. I remember a dream I had many years ago where I was relentlessly chased by a horde of orc-like creatures. It's a huge army that chased me for days, and it was gaining ground, and I was becoming exhausted. And just as I'm looking for a place to make a last stand, I see something shimmering off to the right. And so I run towards it. And it's just a translucent shower curtain suspended by a rail in midair. And I hear the Holy Spirit say, go inside. (laughs) So I do. But I can still see enough to know that the mob is coming towards me. And I'm realizing how big they really are. So as they're getting closer, I get a hold of my sword and I begin to draw it out in the dream. When the Holy Spirit takes hold of my hand and pushes the sword back into the sheath, and he chuckles and he says, he won't be needing that. He's got his arms around me from behind and I can still hear the gentleness in his voice. Every time I became fearful or nervous, be at peace, Graham. It's all covered. And just when the orcs are upon us, suddenly they split and they go around on both sides of us. And it's like they totally couldn't see us. And the Holy Spirit starts laughing. 
And I'm thinking, shh, they'll hear you. But of course, they didn't. He laughed so loud. But they didn't have ears to hear him. What was happening? The Holy Spirit was showing me my secret place where I am untouchable. Your secret place isn't something out there. It's in here. It's on the inside of you, in the inner man of your spirit, where your spirit mingles with God's spirit. And self-control steps back into that secret place instead of rushing headlong into circumstances. And it calms us to remember that we never need to charge into the obvious fight before us like the one that points to people as our enemy or the problems that scream to be logically solved right now. Our life in Jesus isn't like that. And self-control allows us to be fully persuaded that the Holy Spirit is going to help us get a hold of our true self. And it opens a stairway to join God in his elevated perspective. Who does he want to be for us in this situation? What do we get to practice here? How will we become more like him because of what's going on? When I was a lot younger, you know, people would often press me for a decision. Well, what are you going to do? And foolishly, I would step forward to give my opinion instead of stepping back into my spirit and listening first. It got me into so much trouble. And then I'd have to go back and undo the mess that I created. But it was good motivation to learn. And I learned to take full advantage of self-control. And just say, I don't know what to think yet, but I'll let you know when I do. And it was funny how many people continued to press me for an answer. But I just made a game of it in the end. No sense in getting aggravated. I'd realized I was getting to practice self-control and became really thankful for the opportunity to do so. Because I was discovering that self-control can be really useful. Self-control gives us the space to see more clearly to hear more accurately, and to speak only what we need to say. Jesus used it all the time when he said, I only do what I see my Father doing, and I only speak the words that he is speaking. Now here's the primary key that unlocks the fruit of self-control as God intended it. The key is that you see and think about self-control as a delight not as a discipline. I can't emphasize enough how vital that is. Otherwise, you'll see self-control as a heavy obligation instead of the massive provision it is in our life with God and with everyone that we meet. Look, at the end of the day, one thing is certain in this life. Everyone will do what they most want to do. We can offer teaching, share wisdom, and mentoring. But people will choose and do what they wish. The price we pay for having no self-control is hugely expensive and time-consuming. 
Self-control has a perspective that I get to do this with God who adores me. Not I'm forced to do this by the constraints of God's heavy rules and regulations. <laughs>